unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Kick-Ass Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, misfits for life with the Kick-Ass Nation. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I'm here back with another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're here live or on the replay, we appreciate you being here, spending your time with us. I know your time is very valuable. We're here every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And of course, we're always available on podcasts. So wherever audio podcasts are sold, wherever you get your audio podcast go in there and type ron and scripted with christopher roush you'll find us on spotify iheart apple tunes all those good places and we love to bring you the content every single week i've been doing this now for two and a half years this particular show i did the kick-ass radio show before that for two and a half years and then i also do the unfiltered experience on friday nights so i obviously love having conversations with empowering people people who have amazing stories who rise up above and come back here to share their stories with you guys so that you guys can take content from this conversation and apply it in your life it does no good to be all inspired and fired up and be like, yay, it's so great. And then go back to your normal life, hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to change. Tonight, we're going to have an amazing conversation. I'm going to bring my guest on here in just a second, but I uh, just want to acknowledge some of the beautiful people in here tonight. We got uh, we got Michael Tupper in the house. What's up? He says, let's go. What's up, Michael? Thank you for joining us tonight. I think you might be a new viewer, so we appreciate you being here tonight. We've got, I believe it's my friend, Angel, Angel from above. Angel, thank you so much for being here. Apparently, you're still coming up as Facebook user, but she says, Good evening, Christopher, and the birthday girl herself, Mary Kay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all sing it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mary Kay. Happy birthday to you. Love you. Mary Kay is a dear friend of mine. We're in a book study club together. We run clubhouses together. We uh, support one another. So thank you for being here on your birthday. You're a rock star. Appreciate it. Michael says he is a first timer. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he says Todd is one of his mentors. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the show. Um, I got an opportunity to meet our guest uh, at an amazing event. We're going to talk about that for a second. But as long as you guys are here, I just want to share something with you. This show is all about impact. This all, this show is really about taking our, our gifts and going out there and spreading them around the world. And I am honored to be a part of an amazing organization called Help Heal Humanity. If you're listening to this, helphealhumanity.org is the the website that's scrolling along the bottom part of this broadcast right now. And I've been a part of this organization for a couple of years. The founder and CEO, Serena Buffalino, is a personal friend of mine. The organization is out there making uh, impacts all over the world. Uh, we built schools in the roughest parts of Haiti. We have food insecurity programs for the people in Hamilton, Ontario. We're doing stuff here in the United States. We just got through doing a two-week training at one of the schools in Baltimore, Maryland, helping the inner city kids. So this organization, above all the other organizations I've ever been involved with, and I've been involved with quite a few, is astonishing. And, and all the money goes directly toward the efforts that we are uh, advocating for. Nobody takes a paycheck. Everybody's volunteering. It's all from the goodness of our heart out there, exactly as the title says, helping heal humanity. So we appreciate whatever it is you can do. I know there's a lot longtime listeners and viewers of this show. Thank you so much for that. But if you get value out of any of these episodes and you have changed your life, do me a solid and go over to helphealhumanity.org. Go over there to the donate tab and do whatever you can. A buck, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks. Please 
please do what you can. Right now we're raising funds to send kids in Haiti to school and not only send them to school, but also feed them. If you guys have watched the news, I'm not a personal news watcher, but if you watch the news, uh, you know that Haiti has suffered a couple of earthquakes. You know that their president was assassinated and we built a school in one of the roughest neighborhoods and we're attempting to send these kids to school and feed them. So we need your donations. And if you're like myself, you would love to sponsor a child, go over there and do that as well. Me and my wife sponsor a child, uh, two children, and uh, it's just a great organization. So thank you for um, entertaining me with that and go out there and make an impact wherever it is that you are, because we're all blessed. And here in the United States, we have so many resources. Sometimes people say, Chris, why do you have, uh, why are you supporting Haiti when we have so much stuff going on here in the United States? And we do things here in the United States, of course, but the folks in Haiti, they don't have anything. I mean, literally they, uh, a tarp, when we shipped over tarps and water, um, that was like a, such a huge blessing for them just to have a tarp over the places that they're living. Um, their, their loved ones are buried underneath concrete where they're living. I mean, it's just a devastating situation. So seeing these kids and the smiles on their faces, they're learning and they're growing and the, potentially they can shift the, the cycle of insanity that's been going on in their family and in their country for so long. That's an amazing feeling. So we do things all over the world, but right now we're doing that. So we appreciate you guys for entertaining that. And uh, we got Chad in the house. What's up, Chad? He says, hey, now appreciate you being here, Chad. I love you. And um, yes, without any further ado, uh, oh, wait, wait, fluffy hugs to you. Thank you very much, Mary Kay, fluffy hugs. So I got the opportunity to meet my guest tonight. You guys, uh, if you're following the show back in April, I went to an amazing event called the power of we, the power of we symposium 2022. I was invited there by Lauren Michaels Harris. I had never been there before. And Lauren actually found me on the internet and said, Oh my God, I feel a connection to you. And I need you to come to this event. We're doing this for the Chicago kids of the inner city youth. And I said, tell me the date and time and I will be there. I got on a plane. I went there and we rocked it and had just a phenomenal time. And one of the speakers that I met there was this gentleman that I'm going to bring on here in just a second. His story is phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because he's going to tell you a story. I'm bringing him on the show because he took the adversity and all the different challenges that he experienced and the lifestyle that he had for himself. And he turned that shit around. And now he's out there speaking at events like this and inspiring kids and inspiring people in, in around the world to change their mindset, to go out there and bust their ass and do what is possible to be able to have an amazing life. So please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Mr. Todd Special. What's going on, Mr. Todd? Good evening and welcome to the Ron and scripted show brother how are you dude i'm honored to be here man like we said earlier every day above ground good day man hell yeah hell yeah and i know you're coming to me from the other side of the country at 10 o'clock at night so thank you thank you thank you for being here we got some beautiful people in the house already um ready to uh to engage with us so i just want to kick off this conversation and the thing i've been asking people recently is obviously we've gone through the last couple of years of insanity and chaos with all the different things going on in the world obviously COVID being one of them and the lockdowns and different things of that nature. What have you personally learned about yourself during this time? And what have you learned about humanity during this time as well? Yeah, man. I mean, I've learned that we can overcome a lot, you know what I mean? So it's funny when we go through uh, the pandemic and everybody has their opinions and, you know, obviously it wasn't good for some people and it was just a show for others, right? Everybody has their opinion. So, you know, I don't look down on people for what they believe about it, but we overcame a lot. I mean, if it wasn't physically, it was mentally, and uh, we just became strong through it, man. And I think that it just makes us a lot bigger people, like makes us a lot better, and we just become, you know, stronger when we go through adversity like that, which is kind of what we do for a living, right? We teach uh, humans to be better individuals and be stronger when we go through the heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's yeah, beautiful, man. How was it for you and your family during that time? Did you find that you grew together or was there opportunities for, uh, for our arguments and conversations that, uh, maybe you didn't, uh, didn't um, realize? 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, man. The, the truth is, is that, you know, I was able to bond a lot more. Um, I travel a lot. So, like, being home with my beautiful family and the people I love most was awesome. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, during that time, I, I built a studio and I started doing these free live sales trainings online and leadership trainings and stuff like that. And it was just awesome. I wanted people to be at their best. I didn't want them to have to pay for any courses because people weren't working. So they didn't have money coming in. So I want to be on top of the game. And, and man, I, you know, I get requests all the time to start doing live trainings again, but it was when I had so much free time because I was traveling. There was no speaking engagements. People weren't going to, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, convention centers to listen to all of us speak. They were just at home. So I didn't want to charge them. And I just started offering some really good training stuff back to people to just say, you know what, it's time to give back. It's time to make sure that when you guys come out of this, you're going to be stronger. And I just want to be a tiny part of that and a tiny part of helping people. So it was awesome for me. That is great, man. That's exactly what I did. I actually started my Friday night show um, doing that. It was just like something let's say, let's go ahead and just do this and inspire some people and bring some entertainment. And we started doing it and then we just stuck with it. And now we call it the unfiltered experience. So you have a kind giving heart like myself and I'm the same way like you. So uh, I want to really just jump into the deep end with your story. When I heard you speak from stage at the Power We, hearing that story and hearing what it is that you've accomplished in your life was absolutely just remarkable. Tell us about, tell us about that time in your life. Tell us about one of the lowest times in your life and what it is that you did to change that and what you learned from that experience. Yeah, for sure, man. Listen, you know, I was telling a team of extraordinary people I had a luxury working with in Pensacola. That's actually where Mike is. He helped run an office for, you know, a company that I'm with. And, and uh, I was telling the worst time ever was I was depressed for about a year i used to run illegal poker games for a living uh you know did it for about 10 years thought i was on top of the world got robbed at gunpoint three times and then all of a sudden i lose every form of income that i've ever had it was gone i couldn't afford gas i went through my uh, first wife and i were divorced i couldn't afford gas from orlando to lake mary which is about a 12 mile drive and so i literally slept 14 hours a day and cried the other 10. it was horrible man it was a year of my life massive depression and then i remember i was uh had my daughters come over one day and, and i haven't really told too many people the story but i had my daughters come over one day and my brother used to drop them off my mom and dad when i was alive and they bring them down got my cars repoed i had no form of transportation and there was a small bucket of change that would sit next to my bed i'm sure you have those jars you, you drop change into right okay mm -hmm. so there was a jar like next to my bed when my kids come over i used to just grab a handful of change because I, I had no income at the time. I was just being lazy, wasn't working, playing the woe is me. And I reached down there, grabbed change, we'd go get something to eat. Well, one day they came over and I and I just drank a lot the night before. And I remember that, I, I remember them coming in, but then I remember my daughter like shaking me, my daughter Avery, and uh, I believe she was nine at the time. And uh, she's moving me like this, and daddy, wake up, wake up. And they dropped them off like at 9 a.m. I was living with this, a buddy of mine, Alex, at the time, who's just an extraordinary friend. And uh, I remember it's like 8 p.m. at night. And my daughter said, Daddy, wake up. And I look at her and said, Abe, let's go play. And she goes, Daddy, it's 8 p.m. at night. She goes, you've been sleeping all day while we're here. So her and my, my daughters were there. Thank God I had a, an, an amazing roommate at the time who he basically played with my daughters all day because I was like miserable depressed and, and drunk at the time and uh i wake up and i and i get out of bed i'm trying to spend time with them they're going to get picked up at 8 30 i got like 30 minutes to play with them i look in the kitchen there's sand all over the floor my mate bought them all this stuff and i remember missing that time and i remember my daughter looking me in the face and she says daddy it's okay 
you don't want us to come over and spend time with you. Oh, dude. And you know what, dude? It was like a moment in my life where I sat back and I go, this shit's crazy. Like, like I'm not spending time with my daughters and I chose to be like drunk instead of just be a good dad. And it, it came out being an uh, unfortunate scenario to where uh, I got even drunker that night. And there's a daughter of my, there's a picture of my two daughters laying next to my bed. And I remember looking at it and I got more drunk and more drunk and more drunk. And then all of a sudden I run around my house wasted, wasted, wasted. And I get back in the home and I'm crying my eyes out and I stand next to my bed and I grab the picture and I put it next to my chest. And I said, this isn't the life I promised you. They were gone. They weren't there. And the next day I got up, man, I changed my life. It was like, I remember that one question, daddy, or that statement, daddy, if you don't want us to come over and spend time with you, that's okay. Dude, it just, it just crushed me. It was, a, it, I've had so many turning points in my life, but that was one of the major ones. Wow. What do you think your biz, biggest excuse was at that time that caused you to be in that particular position? I'm sorry, say that again. What was, what do you think your excuse was at that time that caused you to be in that, that position? What was your biggest excuse for, for being like that? I mean, dude, the, the, what excuse wasn't there? You know what I mean? Like, like I was making every excuse in the book not to get up. I just, you know, sometimes when you're that depressed and you just feel that like shamed about your life and you feel like there's no, there's no uh, means to an end. You just get in this kind of like mindset, like nothing's going to change. This is the life God chose for me. Um, you know, and it's funny too, cause I'm getting stronger with my, with my faith lately. And I remember saying to myself, like, I only asked for help with God something was bad. Like, that's it. Right. I, it's like the only thing I ever did was, you know, Hey God, I promise you to get me out of this. I'm going to be good. Or God, don't let me get caught doing this or God don't. And it was me asking for help when I was in trouble. And it just made it really, really, really hard for me to believe that I could come out of this and just be a better person. So I was making every excuse. The thing is, man, is that you don't think about solutions when you're that depressed. You just think about how you're going to eat the next day, how you're going to make the next 10, 20 bucks. You're not thinking about a job. You're not thinking about changing your life. You're so mad. I was so depressed in a state of depression that nothing, I didn't think anything could get me out. Well, what got me out was love for my daughters. It was that statement that got that really put me in a in a place of consistency that I said, dude, I will never, my daughters will never say that shit to me ever again. They will never question whether I want to spend time with them again. They will never question me as a father and that I'm living my life to make them better people. It's unbelievable to me how my life changed when I did that. And it was because of my daughter, Amy, who's my best friend. So ever since she's 24 now, ever since then, my life has changed tremendously. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, brother. I mean, that's so important. When you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. And something that I was thinking about when you were talking about is a lot of people will be in those down situations and they will say, I'm doing the best I can, Chris. What do you think about that? What is your best? And how do we get people to elevate to really do their absolute best? Yeah, man. So, you know, that was a conversation I was having with the team today. It's like holding ourselves accountable. Everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs someone to really kind of just lift them up at times to coach them through life we're not always going to be our best and we can't expect to run at full speed all the time because we're going to get burnt out it doesn't matter what we do in life we need people to go you know what todd it's okay that you're not running at 100 at full speed right now but what i need you to do is know that i'm behind you and i'm going to help you get there accountability is massive i mean your routine is massive how you get up every day your habits all these things kind of guide you 
to success. And I think a lot, a lot of people don't allow themselves to get there. I think most people say, think it's just going to happen. Like, I'm going to wake up today, I'm going to kick ass. It's not that easy, man. You, you've got to have people that are supporting you, remove negativity. And one of the biggest things, I was listening to Gary V quote the other day, and, you know, Gary talks about, you know, that you're going to be, you know, you've all heard the saying, right? You hang out with five idiots, you're going to be the sixth, right? You hang out with five <laughs> yep. you're going to be the sixth. It, that shit is true, man. It's very true. And the hardest thing for people to do is eliminate people like I was, depressed, negative, constantly complaining, you know, in your life. you got to remove them from your life. And once I realized, for me personally, that every time that I was negative, every time that I was, wasn't feeling a hundred percent, like running at full speed. And so I would spew my stress on others, which to be honest with you, inflated their chances of winning and deflated their chances of winning. Like these people, because of me, I changed their mindset. And I was like, dude, I'm never going to do that to anybody. My words are powerful. When I speak them, what you speak is real. What you speak will become. And when you speak it to other people and they hear what you're seeing, Here's what happens. They get a negative mindset too. So the biggest thing I can tell people is if you're looking to succeed, you're looking to take yourself to the next level, stop being complacent. Two words I always write down, I told my team today, complacency kills, okay? Don't ever get complacent, but remove people out of your life. And man, don't wait, dude. I mean, tomorrow's not promised, okay? It's not. Get people out of your life. It's their family, friends, et cetera, that are putting any negativity in your life because you've got to be the person that's gonna make positive change in your life. And the first move, it's consistency and habits and removing the people that are detrimental to your success. Ooh, talk to me more about that. What was that like for you in that lowest point and then becoming successful? How did you shift that trajectory and how did that impact the relationships that you had at that point? Well, it was tough, man, you know, and uh, I see people saying, I'm at, it must be me. I'm in, I'm in an amazing hotel with very small areas. So, so I'm at, I apologize, guys. Uh, but, you know, the reality is this, man. I eliminated people from my life that I thought were good for me. I, and I don't know why. For many years, I thought these people were going to help me get money. The hardest part about eliminating people from your life that you're actually earning money with, working with, or they're just friends of yours are going to help you make cash. You think that's your only form. To me, I had to get rid of people and quickly that were constantly questioning my ability to become something more. For instance, I was telling people, you can change your reality on who you are. See, 20 years ago, when I was a drunk guy getting wasted downtown, making 10,000 a week for illegal card games, I'd walk downtown into bars and, and I'd sit in the VIP section, single, thinking to myself, I've got the life, right? Most of the bar owners owed me money from whether it was sportsbook or gambling or, or poker. I would give them credit and I, I'd get even on bottles, right? Like I thought I was the coolest guy on the planet. The problem with that is, is that when I posted my first motivational post, the people that knew me as a drunk idiot want to fight everybody out of town. They go, hey, Todd, you're, you're not a motivational speaker. What are, you, what are you doing? Like, did someone hack your account? Well, what, did, what, what's that motivation? <laughs> right? And it was crazy to me, bro, because I was telling my team today, hey, here's the thing, right? Now, if I tell people that I was the drunk, depressed guy trying to fight people downtown, running illegal poker games, people. People will believe that that was me. But back then, if I told them I was going to be a, you know, a leadership coach, one of the top sales experts in the world, a speaker, keynote guy, uh, helping run a $160 million company called Apex, which I'm so blessed to be a part of. If, if someone told other people that I was going to be that guy 20 years ago, yeah. they would have said, there's no way in hell. Not the depressed drunk guy that runs illegal card games for a living. So when your reality changes, people how they see you, that changes. You become something new where people don't remember the old you and they start getting to know the new you. 
you can create your way to make yourself different. It takes time. But there will come a point that you stay focused, you stay running at full speed, and you start helping lift other people up that people won't recognize you. They won't even believe. They don't believe that that was the old me now. I got to show them pictures. I got to be like, this was me. Okay? And they go, I still don't believe it. Well, back then, they would have never believed that would have been a motivational speaker or business guru or a guy like that these days that knows what I know looking like this. They would have never known. So you can change your reality who you want to be, but you got to be focused. you got to set goals. You have to be you know, consistent in your habits to really make change. And unfortunately, that comes with a lot of people that are going to doubt you. For me, I posted a video the other day. I do these videos, IG and stuff sometimes where I'll, I'll play you know, parts of my speaking gigs where I'll just say something off the top of my head and put it in a video and i remember someone telling me man you know you got some people who don't like you dude you got something i said dude let me explain something to you okay the pe people that are trying to bring you down how they win is you getting upset about okay how they win is you actually not succeeding so i told them i go for anybody that's doubting me for anybody out there to question my ability to become something more anybody that's still doubting my ability to be a bigger than ever okay i want to thank you because i know you're trying to bring me down but i need you to know that it's because of you that I'm winning. So as long as you continue to doubt me, as long as you continue to question me, you talk shit about me, question me as an individual, I'm going to continue to win at a higher level because I use that as fuel. I use it that it drives me to do more because I'm competitive and there's no way in hell that I'm ever going to let somebody bring me down or tell me I can't do something. So I use that as fuel. And I, and I encourage people to do the same thing, man. you got to get to a level where when people talk shit or they question you, mainly family, friends are going to do it. Like, That's not you. You can't do that. You can't, you know, help Fortune 500 companies. You can't help train them. You can't help scale companies. Those people, man, look them dead in the eye and say, thank you. And when they ask why, because it's because of you that I'm winning. If you don't doubt me, I don't have a challenge. So right. I use that challenge to kind of help elevate Dude, I love that answer. I love that answer. And thank you for being so transparent with that. You know, it's so true. I think about in my own time, when I was at a funeral one time, I was sitting there at the back of the church and I was watching people eulogize the person that had passed away. And I thought, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And at that point, it was about, you know, Chris is a party animal. Chris is chasing girls. They brought, you know, beer and Jack Daniels and Motley Crue records and said a whole bunch of stuff. And I just went home and I wrote my eulogy that day. And I finally got the clarity of the why and what was my life and what the intention I wanted to do. So every day I wake up and I set that intention. Talk to us about your morning ritual as a successful person. Do you have certain regimens that you do to make sure that you set the day and set the tone for success for yourself and for your family? Yeah, man. So first 20 minutes, I don't look at this thing. Okay, that's the first and foremost, right? I get out, I write 10 gratitudes every day. I write three goals. My mentor, Danelle Delgado, kind of taught me how to get my mind right and put me in a good scenario. And I'll tell you a funny story about the gratitudes in a minute. I told my team, but here's the thing, man. Every single day when I get up, I don't look at my phone for the first 20 minutes. I go right to my gratitude book. I write down 10 gratitudes and three goals for that day. Attainable goals for that day. Not, I want to make a million dollars, right? Like, I'm going to go to the jam for 45 minutes today. Uh, I'm going to help someone get X amount of sales today. I'm going to coach 10 people today into, into better leadership, right? These are attainable goals every day. And then I just sit back and listen to something motivational. I listen, I don't listen just to music because I'm not saying stop listening to music, but my life changed when I started inputting knowledge into my brain. My car is a mobile university, man. I don't, I don't really listen to anything other than audio books. I don't like listen to anything other than, uh, you know, motivational speeches. You can go on YouTube and type in motivational speech. There's just compilations of just extraordinary speakers. Les 
Brown pulled me out of depression. And it's funny because when my dad passed away, you know, he knew that I was a huge Les Brown fan because he literally pulled me out of depression. And I promised my dad to be on stage with Les in less than six months. I was speaking anchor with Les in Tampa. Uh, you know, and so it's pretty cool to kind of see how I've scaled based on people doubting me. But it's mostly because of the consistency and the rituals that I have on a daily basis. I don't go a day without writing down something that I'm grateful for and without three goals I'm trying to obtain. Dude, I love that. And I do the same thing. Actually, I wake up in the day and I start with gratitude and then I set the intentions before my eyes even open. And I love that you were talking about Les Brown. I'm going to show you something here in a second. What are some of those audio books aside from Les Brown? What are some books maybe that you're listening to right now that are really transforming your mindset about what's going on in your life right now and setting you up for the future? Yeah, I mean, look, man, Relentless is an awesome book. Tim Grover. I like seven habits, highly effective people. I listen to that book over and over and over again. I'm a huge sales guy. So I listen to a lot of Victor Antonio's books. To me, I think he's one of the top sales trainers on the planet. Uh, Victor was on my podcast. He's a great dude. Uh, but most importantly, man, like every day, I mean, when I'm listening to audio books, it's one thing, but I'll literally look up something powerful that's motivated motivational and I'll listen to a story of perseverance. I'll type in videos of perseverance and I'll just listen to it on the way to work because it's crazy what we can overcome as people and when we hear these stories we believe more is possible right like you hear the inspiring stories you hear people that are just like man this is so, so cool they achieved this when nobody else thought they could or you see you know the olympic runner who stopped to pick somebody up when he was guaranteed to win the race but he walked through the finish line in fourth place because it was more important to lift his buddy up to help him reach the finish line when he was extremely hurt. These are stories that I listen to on a daily basis because they're inspirational, man. You know, inspiration and motivational so far. To me, it drives me and it gets me excited that I can hopefully inspire someone else. My biggest goal every day, man, is like you, you talk about what are people going to say at you know your funeral? Well, look, man, it, it's scary to say this, but people are forgotten so quickly, dude. It's not even funny. Like really? if I were to pass, God forbid, tomorrow, okay, I, I would – hope that I'll be remembered if someone just loved to empower people and help their help. I would hope that that would be the case. That being said, five years from now, people are going to forget I ever existed. Most of them. And, and it's unfortunate, but it's real, right? Like they, you have to move on. Life has to go forward, right? So if I've touched your life, there's people that might never forget me, but there's people that I touch on Facebook or Instagram and just see my posts. Gonna, there's no more posts, so I'm eventually going to fade away, right? So for me, it's and it's touching as many lives as I can, as fast as I can. So when I hear stories like that throughout the days when I'm driving or if I'm doing something, man, I literally pour that into every person that I talk to every day and say, and they ask me these questions, like, what do you do? And I'll take time to do them. Here's the other thing, man. I was telling Brandon Biscuits, my partner in MSGA, and, you know, I was telling him, I was like, dude, I have a problem. Okay. My problem is this. People's like, what are you on? Energy drinks? Do you do, you do drugs or what is Dude, this shit is natural. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, I've been so down and depressed and in the dirt that when I wake up every day, it's a gift, dude. I mean, it's a gift to even open my eyes. I look at life so much differently from when I was running illegal card games and robbed at gunpoint and lost everything. Now that I have a second chance at life, I believe this, and I have a reason to live. We talk about the lies and the cliches of all that stuff. Let me tell you something, man. That shit is real, okay? If you're a person out there that the motivational stuff is bullshit, here's what I'll tell you. It's not. Give it a chance. And if I can teach more young kids to dive into their faith and dive into listening to something 
motivation on a daily basis, it will literally change people's lives, man. It changed mine. So uh, this is all, all natural for me, dude. I get up every day. Just can't. I can't wait. So Brandon tells me your problem is, is that when my phone dings, if I get an email, I get a phone call. Guess what I do? I answer instantly. When someone says to me, hey, Todd, I need you to get X done. When do I do it? Right now. I, I don't wait. Dude. I get shit done. Okay. I'm always about to get shit done. You ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. The problem is, is I have with my problem is that I got to learn to shut off and kind of relax a little bit, right? At times you need, yep. but here's what people will say. Hopefully he's a guy that never had a chance to sleep. He's a guy that did more with his time than most people. And the most important thing to this guy was impacting lives because he wants to leave this earth a better place when, uh, when, when he's gone. That, that's what I hope that people say. Dude, you and I are so alike, and I hate the fact that it's echoing because it's pissing me off. But I apologize, guys out there. It normally it never happens, so we're just gonna work through it. But my eulogy said Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for that mattered, and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. Now, I want to well, that, well that, let me tell you, that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to show. I'm gonna try you Go for it. I'm going to show you something. Um, so this is probably one of the best days of my life. Mr. Les Brown right there. Oh, that, so I got it. That's so cool. Dude. So I got a chance to go to his speaking Academy and he didn't get the whole kick-ass thing. And he was just like, what's this all about? He pulled me out in the, the lobby of the Sheridan Gateway Hotel. And he's like, I can put you on stages, but I can't do this. And I was like, Les, I love you. You got me out of depression. You got me out of being like, you know, a loser. And I love you, but I got to just, I just got to be me. And on the last day he said, hey, Mr. Kickass, you got one of those kerchiefs for me? And I said, yeah, which one do you want? And he goes, the blue one. And I go to hand it to him. He goes, no, put it on me, fool. And I was just like, hell yeah. So it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And um, I just wanted to share that with you because it, it just showed me that we can all do it. You and I can go from the lowest points in our life and still rise above and be able to accomplish things. I want to shift gears. And you were talking about goals. What are, what do people miss in goal setting? Cause people sit there and say, I set goals, but I never get them. What are some of the critical components of setting goals and achieving them? Can you hear me? Listen up. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay, cool. Is it is the echo gone? Is the echo gone? Yeah, it might be. I don't hear it anymore. Well, well, you don't hear it. Well, I'll just put some headphones on. It may look a little funny, but that might help. <laughs> no, I would hope so. That it never happens on my show. So thank you. Let us know out radio. Let us know if you guys funny. can hear the echo anymore. I can't hear it anymore. So love that. Perfect. Okay. So I figured I'd help. Okay. So I, I repeat the question, but first, before we repeat the question, let's get back to Les Brown. So I was literally, it was, uh, my dad passed away July 25th, 2017 at 7 23 PM. That's a stopwatch with my dad's time that he passed away right on my arm. And wow. I was, I remember I was in Mexico, uh, probably like, I don't know, it was like two weeks prior to my dad passing away and he was a little sick and, and uh, I remember getting there and I was like, man, I was like, you know, dad's wanting me to finish my book. He's wanting me to do certain things. And and and, and I'm going to tell you something, man. I never thought in a million years like I, I would be speaking to Les Brown. Right. He pulled like I was watching him on YouTube channel when I was literally depressed, like ready to like literally times thinking about suicide. It was that bad. So he pulled me out. So I go to GrowthCon. It was May 20th 
the first 10X event with Grant Cardone, 2017 in May, whatever. So I go there, Les Brown's on stage, and I am mesmerized, okay? Like, Chris, I'm telling you right now, dude, I, I bought a ticket for $1,000, right? And it was at the Diplomat in Miami, okay? So I remember there's rows and rows and rows. I paid $1,000 per ticket. I was in the in literally the fifth row from the back. They had two huge teleprompter screens in between because you can't see the stage. That's how far away it was, right? And I paid a thousand bucks, right? So here's the craziest thing, dude. Les gets on stage. I can barely see him. He starts peeking. Dude, it just, I couldn't believe he was there. Like, this is the guy that pulled me out of depression, right? So he gets off stage and he's like, look, anybody else, anybody else who, who comes outside when I get off stage, I want to give you one word. You need to pitch me for 30 seconds. Start speaking to me if you want to become a speaker. And he goes, and if, if you win, you're going to get my Les Brown Institute for free, right? So here no I am. I'm a sales way. guy. I'm like, what's the catch, right? Whatever, Les Brown. There's got Yeah, I get it for free. Then when you get there, you're going to charge me 10 grand. Like, I know where this shit's going, right? So right. it's so crazy, bro. So I go outside. I waited in line for an hour and a half, right, to see Les. Les was uh, you know, not in the best shape. He has cancer and has and he had it in seven places at the time. And he's sitting in a chair. You can tell he's getting tired. There's a camera there. The guys are all around him. And finally, he comes up to me and he goes, start. And I go, what's the word? He goes, start. So, so I pitched him for 30 seconds. He goes, good job, kid. Well done. I walk away. And I'm like, is that it? He's like, yeah. So I don't hear anything. My dad passes away. I remember getting a phone call. And it was from Owner Brown, who is Les's daughter, also an extraordinary speaker, right? Yeah. So I get a phone call and Owner's like, hey, is this Todd? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, you won. And I go, I won what? And she no. goes, well, there was 500 people that came out of GrowthCon and said, and remember you said a word and we had to teach you how to, how to you know, we, we told you how to speak on that word. And then you had to speak on the word and we had to like kind of grade you. Well, you won. And I said, yeah, right. Owner. Okay. What, what did I win? Like a free plane ticket to Fort Lauderdale. I'll drive. Right. Like how much is it going to cost me? Right. She starts laughing. Todd, no, it's it, like you want, like you're going to get seven days with Les Brown. Les Brown is due no. in Fort Lauderdale. So I went down there. Super long story short. Uh, they had another speaking again with the top 10 people at GrowthCon that they called to get that one, if you will. And then I spoke again and I won that one. Okay, so mm. I'm on stage. They're giving me Les Brown Institute, Les Brown Maximum Achievement Team, all this bullshit they were doing. And I like hand me a certificate and I felt accomplished. Right. My dad passes away. I'll never forget this. There's like 300 people in this huge ballroom where Les Brown is at. They all get in a huge circle. Les and Ona asked me to come in the middle of the circle. They knew that my dad had passed away and they put their heads down and said, everybody's going to pray for Bob special. Like I'm literally getting emotional oh, now saying it. So dude, I'm holding Les's cool. hand. I'm holding Ona's hand. We're all in a circle. And, uh, and then, you know, I started speaking. I put on an event myself, lost my ass, lost like seven, eight grand. It was Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center in uh in in orlando and and i lost my ass it's like 300 seats it, it was a full event basically all of my friends family right and it was like nobody like knew me whatever and then i started posting some videos online and then some people saw that stuff and then i got picked up to speak you know at uh, another event out in la and that's where i met jason cisneros and all this other stuff and so my speaking career took off and and i remember that following year i get a phone call from les and les says hey um, we have a speaking event. I want you to speak at it. 
I'm speaking anchor. There's two spots at a day in a, in a full day speaking about this anchor. First is uh, the noon right before lunch. That's an anchor position. And then last one's five or six o'clock at the end of the event. That's when obviously Les was speaking. So I got the first anchor spot. He spoke the sec, second. And there was like speakers all day. And then that really catapulted my career too. And so to, to, I'm telling you a story because Les is such an inspirational dude. I still yeah. talk to Les now. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually contemplating putting on a business event in Orlando, but Les would be there in five seconds. A great dude, man. But cool picture. It's nice to meet heroes like that. And isn't he just a genuine dude? Oh, he was the best. He literally was the best. He came in there and uh, literally the first day we're up on stage and he says, okay, everybody's got 20 minutes to, I want to see how you speak and everything. And I get up there and I, and he goes, and he stops me. And I have this actually on audio recording because I was recording everything. And he's like, so tell me about this. He goes, do you swear when you talk to the kids? Cause I told him I mentor at risk kids. And I said, yeah. And he spent 45 minutes talking to me. Everybody in the room is like, what? My friend was there. He was at the world championship of public speaking. He's like, dude, Les told you that he could put you on stages if you change this blah, 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 blah. We're at dinner at the Sheridan Gateway Hotel in Los Angeles. I'm sitting next to Les. There's probably about 10 or 15 people at the table. And he, my friend Martin leans over. He's like, dude, just put the suit and tie back on. And I said, hey, Martin, I said, who's everybody at the table talking about right now? And he goes, you. And he goes, you're fucking brilliant. And when he told me that, I was just like, I was just truly blessed and amazed. So when you talk to him, ask him, they say, do you remember Mr. Kickass? He probably will. It was just a beautiful yeah. thing. We went up to the suite in his hotel and um, he interviewed me. It's on my YouTube channel. And he was just blown away by my story. And I was just like, I sometimes look back at that time, honestly. And I think, did I make the right decision? Like sticking to my brand? Just, I said, Les, I just got to be me. He's like, fool. He goes, he goes, I, I dye my hair with, with mascara. And he, this is public knowledge now. And he goes, you know, yeah. I do this. And I goes, I wear sweatpants. I don't wear the suit. And I said, Les, I just got to be me. But it was one of the most amazing experiences in my life to know that I went from being homeless and living, you know, in the backseat of a station wagon and dropping out in the seventh grade and two suicide attempts and everything else to ultimately meet, you know, him and Tony Robbins. Like I remember listening to their tapes. I would go to the library and check them out. So both of us having that experience is truly phenomenal. That's why we're connected here. And thank you for sharing that, man. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I saw, you know, Blake's on here and his comments, he's a buddy of mine. He's like a family to me. He says, I need to, uh, to, to see this great human being less on one of the comments. Well, let me tell you something. Okay. Les Brown is is easily accessible. The only bad thing about Les is he's a horrible business person, right? So Les <laughs> so Les is yeah. Les cares so much about people, but unfortunately he's been taken advantage of a lot, and it's just too bad, right? Because he's just a great great dude. And anybody that really knows Les will tell you that. I'll tell you a couple of things about sticking your brand. This is for good for a lot of people to hear, right? Yeah, go for you it. You always have to be authentically you, okay? But I will tell you, Chris. Here's the truth, right? I do cuss. Like, I love Jesus. I cuss, right? It is what it is, right? That being said, I, I don't change my brand, but how I speak sometimes matters. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. The first season of Gut Check on Cut, my podcast, right? It went great. Nationally syndicated. I got, I mean, dude, I've had Tom Ferry on there. I've had Danelle Delgado. I've had uh, David Meltzer. I've had um, uh, Evan Carmichael. Like I've had some crazy powerful people on the podcast. And I mean, Brad Lee's on my podcast. I mean, I could go wow. on. The names are just crazy. Right. And why they would ever say yes to me. I don't know. Right. But they did. Thank God for on the podcast. <laughs> So people keep asking me, they're like, dude, when are you going to have your next podcast? Because you guys haven't put anything out in about seven months. And I said, well, here's the problem. I'm so slammed right now. It's hard to find the time to do the podcast, um, which is good. But I also want to put uh, season two out. Well, here's the good news. Season two is going to come out end of October, November, et cetera. We did 24 episodes of the first one. And then we're going to do the season two. 
here, here's my point. The first step, the first season of the podcast, it was like every other word was the F word I was saying. Every other word. I, I don't know why. It, it's crazy, Chris. Sometimes we want to be authentically ourselves, but then we're on more stage. We want to be so different that sometimes it's too much, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not us being ourselves. We get in the moment, we start moving, and then it's F this, F that, F that. And I listened to some of these these podcasts back, and I was like, dude, the amount of people I probably turned off with my mouth <laughs> Is, 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 is bad, right? Now, I'm always going to be authentic with me. I'm not saying I'm going to stop cussing because that's me. I don't want you to stop. If that's who you are, I want yeah. you to be you. But to measure the amount of how we cuss and when we cuss, sometimes too much <laughs> is too much. <laughs> Dude, it, listen, you, if none of you guys have, have gone to listen to my podcast, trust me, this isn't a plug. Go listen to it. It's Gut Check on Cut. It's on every, every you know podcast platform. You can find it anywhere. But it's like every other word was the F word. Now, my partner, Brandon, the guy that's co-host with me at Gut Check and Cut, he's a genius. He's awesome. He is hilarious. He's just way amazing. The, the problem is, is that Brandon loves to cuss, too. So when I'm cussing, he's cussing. He's cussing. I'm cussing. And it's just, dude, half the time it was like, well, what the fuck do you think, bro? Fuck, I mean, fuck, you know, it's like, fuck this. And it's just like, it was just too much, man, you know? Yeah. And sometimes we got to get to the point where it's like, in order to be inspirational motivational change people's lives it does matter what you say okay so i'm not telling anybody to ever change who you are i would never give you that advice chris always be you and but less has a point to where it's like the amount of it is one thing now is less right that you should stop absolutely not don't ever change you i disagree with us wholeheartedly on that trust me i turned on a lot of stages a lot of stages with people yeah you can't say this you can't say that well you can't have me intervent them because yep. this is who i am okay mm-hmm. the, the speaking business is probably the shadiest business on the planet number one a lot of scam artists out there uh you know let me say you the freaking apps and self-help bullshit i made a living speaking out of calling people out or at the event that I was speaking at. I mean, the, the event I spoke at with in Tampa, I, I just saw like 10 tables in the back and there was people selling, hey, you know, get our programs. There's people pitching on stage, which I don't do ever, by the way, but there's yeah. people pitching on stage for their programs and like $25,000 for this program. And I, re- and I remember seeing all those people and they're going back, they're signing up, they're like mortgaging their house and shit. I'm like, Dude, this is this is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. So I was on stage. There's a video of this on YouTube. It was an older video, a few years back. And I remember looking at it and I said on stage, I was like, man, I gotta do this. I was just like, how many people like real? And they and the crowd's like, I like real. And I was like, I can't hear you. You like real? Like, yeah. I go, well, let me tell you guys something. I don't know everybody in the back there, but I guarantee you 90% of them are shady as fuck. Okay. 90% <laughs> oh, of them man. are probably gonna take your money and never, you're never gonna get any value out of that. So make sure you vet who you work with inclusive. Like if I'm your guy, great. If I'm not, that's okay too. I'm not going to pitch you on stage. You know where to find me. I got a big ass booth out front. You can find my number. You can reach me online. That's how I gain clients is through referral business. I don't, I don't want that bullshit. I don't want to pitch on stage. I hate it. I just don't like it. But the problem is, is that sometimes people try to be something that they're not. So although you cuss and you're you, Sometimes we get a platform like this, we start to do it more, and it's not really us because mm-hmm. we like to say the F word every now and then, but we get into a zone and the podcast was the first podcast I put out. And I was like, man, I'll be honest with you. I hated how I sounded because I ask good questions. The content, I'm not just saying this because it's my podcast. It's, it's because of the people on it. Though The content is 
unbelievable. People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the content you get on that podcast for free. It's True. crazy. But I feel like I ruined a lot of it, dude, because of my mouth. So yeah. always be authentically you, but just don't take it overboard. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm so glad you shared that. I'm going to share a story with you now that I hope you guys are getting value out of this. We appreciate you guys being here, whether it's live or on the replay. I'm glad the echo went away. Thank you for putting the headphones on. Here's a true story. I was on stage uh, here at, at, again in Los Angeles. There's probably about 800 to 1,000 people. I was the MC for the event over four days. And my my boss had asked me, uh, the head, head organizer of the thing, he goes, the speaker that was supposed to go up there wasn't ready. And he goes, hey, Chris, go up there and do 20 minutes. And so I went up there, did 20 minutes. I was up there killing it, crushing it, had people dancing and singing and having a great time. I had to pee and I didn't tell him as I had to pee. So I was coming off stage. People were high five. I'm like, dude, that was so awesome. We appreciate you. We love you. I was a totally outcast from everybody else. And I'm going through a high five and I get to the back door of the, of the, of the event room. And this guy goes, excuse me, can I have a moment of your time? And I said, sure. And I'm like sitting there doing the pee pee dance. And I mean, he goes, and, I, and I'm thinking he's going to, you know, fill me up like, oh yeah, you did a great job. And he goes, he goes, I brought my 13 year old son. I swear to God. He goes, I brought my 13 year old son here. And he goes, I'm not trying to change you because, but I wanted to understand why you use profanity on stage. And at this event, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't saying, I wasn't having any profanity. I wasn't cussing. And I went, oh shit, what did I do? What did I do? And I said, I said, I'm sorry, sir. I said, what did I say? And he goes, well, you kept saying kick-ass. You kept saying kick-ass. And he goes, I have my 13 year old son. He kept repeating it. And I said, oh, oh, that's just my brand. That's just how I am. I just like say awesome or kick-ass. It's just like an electrifying word. Like you're kick-ass, you're awesome or whatever. And I said, and I said, um, I said, but can I, he goes, well, I'm not trying to change or anything. I said, can I just have a moment of your time now? And he goes, yeah. And I said, listen, I said, you know, if I just say what the, what the truck with this ship, I said, you know, you could infer that to be what the fuck with this shit, but I say what the truck with the ship. So you're inferring something. You're, you're placing a value on those words. I said, let me share something with you. I said, your son's 13, right? And he goes, yes. And I said, words like you're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly. I said, those words are going to have way longer impacting uh, value on the people that your son interacts with. than if you say, fuck, I said, but yeah. I'm not trying to change you. And I said, so, you know, teach your son about those types of words. Those have, those have longer lasting impacts. I said, but I'll be right back. I'd love to continue this conversation with you. I have to pee. And I went, I went and I came back and he was gone. But the look on his yeah. face was like, oh shit, you got me. <laughs> and I didn't even swear. So it's like, you know, it's just all about, you know, being authentic and being congruent. So thank you for sharing yeah. that with me. I, I knew, I knew we were going to have a fire conversation tonight. We've already been going yeah, for 45 for sure. minutes. So yeah. So when I think about, you know, we're talking about niche and we're talking about sales, especially And some people, I had some people I was telling about the show tonight, like, well, I'm not in sales. I'm like, well, everybody's in sales, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. How are we all in sales and what can we do better to sell ourselves in the world of competition that's going on today? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I say a lot of that on stage that everybody's in sales. And I say, how many people are on, in sales here? Raise your hand. Right. And then like half the crowd will raise their hand. Like, so I hate sales. I'm not in sales. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. When you were a baby and you were crying and you were hungry, what did you do? What did you do? You cried. You want to feel you were crying until you got fed. That's sales. Okay. <laughs> when, when you were 16 years old and you wanted to borrow mom and dad's car and you said, listen, I'll clean my room. Okay. I'll make it spotless. I just need to borrow the car for one night. That's all I want to do. That's negotiation. That's sales. Okay. So people don't realize that that we're all in sales. You're selling yourself every day. Okay. If you're in marketing, if you're an attorney, if you're on this show, if you're in admin, you're going up against something. When you go to an interview, you're selling yourself. And every single day, you're selling the value you provide to either a company or someone. Always. It doesn't matter what you're in. You're constantly selling. So, I'll, and I'll tell you a quick story. Warren Buffett uh, did a speech at Harvard University. Okay. It's graduation class. 
uh, and he's speaking and he says, look, at the end of this, I'm going to open the floor for discussion. Okay. The graduating class was 223 individuals. I saw the video is awesome. If you ever watch it, go look at it up. It's Warren's Buffett speech and graduating class. It's awesome. So, but he's sitting there and he goes and he opens it. He does his speech. He's done speaking to the Harvard grads. Right. So the person who graduated Madikum Wahadi, right. Gets up number one person at Harvard, right. Stands up top of the class and says, Mr. Buffett, I have a question. For you. If there was one skill, that you would require us to have to be the most successful other than our knowledge that we've earned in the education we've gotten here. What skill do you think we need in order to master success? And Warren's Buffett answer was learn how to sell. Now, now listen, this isn't Todd special, the sales guy telling you this. Okay. This is Warren Buffett looking at, Probably this one of the smartest classes at Harvard that's ever and look at the person's Madicum Lottie, top of their class, Harvard University, and literally says to this person, learn how to sell. Okay. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter what you do in life, okay? If you don't know how to market, you don't know how to sell, you're limiting what your success can bring. Okay. You're constantly selling yourself. There, there are attorneys out there. Ah, sales is bullshit. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> There's 700,000 attorneys in, 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 in the state of Florida. Why should they choose you over me? And yeah. I let them start pitching me, right? And there's like, well, here's why. Because what are you you're selling me, dude? Like, like <laughs> you're trying, ass, like yeah. you, you put you're putting yourself in a position where you're constantly selling. You need to have a sales skill, you know. And it's funny, dude. Like, you know, I remember I would tell the story. The great Victor Antonio tells the story all the time. It's like, man, you know, when you were younger and you were single and you were fit, you went to the bar and you're like, hey, sweetheart, you know, like, uh, how you doing? My <laughs> name's Todd Special. Uh, I got a BMW. I got a house on the hills. What's what? What am I doing? Selling. Selling I'm selling, right? Okay. And then he said, hey, what music do you like? And she goes, well, I like backyard bayou country. Some bullshit bluegrass, right? And, and you know, as men, what are we going to say, right? We're trying to hook up with her. Right? I love like, that too. Oh, me too, right? Okay. You're selling, right? That's what you're doing, right? It's just constant. Yeah. Oh, what movies do you like to watch? Well, hey, you know, Victor and tells the story so good. What movies do you like to watch? Well, I like chick flicks. Romance is my favorite, right? They're my best. <laughs> you're like, no, me too, right? You're constantly trying to sell. We've been selling our whole lives. We're picking up our, uh, the, our loved ones, our significant others. We're trying to get the car we want. We're negotiating when we want to buy something. You know, you're selling yourself every day on the clothes you wear and who you're going to be as a person. You're, everybody is in sales, dude, okay? They just need to recognize what level of sales is in their life. And when you master the art of selling yourself first on what you can accomplish, then all of a sudden you can say, that's fine, I know I'm in sales, but the person I need to sell is myself first before I start selling other people. Because if I don't believe in what I can be, then mm -hmm. I'm not a good, you're right, you're not in sales. If you're not achieving what you know you're capable of achieving, you haven't sold yourself on what you can become. Mm -hmm. You got to sell yourself first. So we're all in sales, man. Everybody's selling every day. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, you own a, a, a grocery store as they're selling. I don't know if you know this, right? You walk down, you own a grocery store. Uh, where's the milk? Always in where's the, the milk? In the back. Okay. Why is it in the back? So you have to walk to the back to see everything else. So you be enticed to buy shit. So how many times do you go to the grocery store and you say, I need a gallon of milk and you come <laughs> out with $200 worth of shit. Okay. Yep. That's sales. Listen, we can talk about it all we want. 
Okay. But there's certain things like, you know, in Walmart, those little bins, they're, they're mental like roadblocks, right? They're, they're like literally bins in the middle of the aisles, you know, the DVDs for five bucks or this, you know, whatever we all stop and look, I mean, that's what they're there for. Right. And then there's an art in, in, in uh, stores like that too, where, you know, the, the aisle gets smaller. It's there. To you're supposed to be confined. This aisle gets wider, right? There's what you can look around more. Right. Or if they want you to hone in on something that's more sale oriented, where do they put it? They put it on the end of the aisle. Right. What about like waitresses and servers and all this other stuff? Right. So here, the biggest thing about this is, is people say, well, oh, I'm a waiter. I'm not in sales. Yes, you are. I don't know if you know this, right? When you repeat, okay, back someone's order word for word, rather than paraphrasing, your tips increase by 70%. Whoa. 70%. This is, this is statistical. Somebody says suggest to sell, and it's exactly what it is, okay? <laughs> There's so much you can do with suggest to sell. There's a thing called suggestive numbers, too, in sales. That's insane, but we're not here to, to teach people how to sell. But everybody's in sales, everything. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So if someone says no to sales, or they're not in sales, or being naive. If they can open themselves up to believe, hey, I'm in sales, whether I believe it or not. And you can and, and you sell yourself first when you can become. That's the hardest message, man. That's the hardest thing you have to overcome. If you're not where you want to be, you got to sell yourself on the ability on the ability to be more. I love that, Todd. This is such an amazing conversation. I want to keep you just for a few more minutes. Normally I go an hour. Sure. Are you okay with that? I just yeah, I, there's sure. there's so much here. So speaking about that, and I'm glad you you brought that up because a few people had told me, like, oh, Chris, I'm not in sales. I'm like, bullshit. I said, watch the conversation because I'm gonna steer it that direction. So what are some top things? Because when you think about, I think personally for me, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post yesterday. I'm accepting these connection requests. I get like probably 20 connection requests over LinkedIn, IG, and Facebook every day. And I'm like so fucking sick and tired of like you accept you. I, I vet them, I look at their Facebook profile, I make sure they're not batshit crazy. I don't care if they have different opinions of me. I like that, but I just make sure if it doesn't say I help coaches or I help speakers, I don't accept that, but I still, I vet the process and then I get them and all of a sudden they start pitching me and I'm like, I sit there and I fuck with them. And I'm like, we know in, 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 in real sales, like real negotiations, they got to know, like, and trust you. Right. And they got to, and that's the, that's the thing. That's why I'm successful as a coach and, and, and everything else, because I get people to know, like, and trust me because I'm just being me and I want to build that connection. I want to build that relationship. It's not like I'm trying to fuck you on the first date. Sure. What are some, what are some, what are some really good points that people should take into consideration when they're thinking about themselves and they're selling themselves, you know, being authentic and being congruent with that. But what are some tips that maybe some people don't realize that they should be paying attention to? Yeah, man. So, you know, the title uh, of the name of my company is make sales great again. Right. Yeah. So it's not political. <laughs> it's a catchy name, which is a good thing. That being said, Look, man, there are so many, and I was telling this team this morning, there's so many master liars in this world that think they're salespeople, okay? <laughs> there's a massive difference between a master liar and a master salesperson. The old days, I was telling the story this morning that, well, my dad, my dad was born in 1931. He was in real estate in the mid-50s. And my dad used to say, when you shook someone's hand, that was it. No, there didn't need to be a contract. That was yeah. the contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your word was your bond. You, you, you did what you said you were going to do. And let me tell you something. If you didn't, you kept trying until you promised what you said was going to get done gets done. Right. True. Nowadays that, you know, you got contracts and, and fucking fingerprints and blood, you know, like you, <laughs> there's so much because nobody trusts anyone, dude. No one trusts anyone. At all. If you're in sales, you know, there's people that are in timeshare. And if you ask them, hey, what, what, what do you do for a living? Do you think any of them say they sell timeshare? They don't. <laughs> they have to have the real estate license. So, so here's what they say. They go, I'm in real estate. Here's why. Because they're embarrassed about what they do. Right. If they're doing it 
Yeah, sure. If they're doing it the wrong way, they're embarrassed about what they do. So, you know, when you talk about like those people that, and I get, dude, I get tons of messages like that too. And, and I try to limit the amount of responses, right. Um, that I do. And, and sometimes, yes, I'll, you know, we can only that so far. There's bots out there and shit. We're never going to figure out the, the algorithm, uh, Chris. I know I'm not that smart. You might be, but, but I'm, I keep hitting yes. And that's fine. And then I have someone that kind of helps with my social media too. And she'll go on there to try to vet it. And then people are like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And they start pitching me. Bah, 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 bah. And I tell them every time I was like, and so I don't even mess with my response. I have a copy and paste message that basically says, look, in order to sell, you're right. I have to know a little bit more about you, but here's the problem with sales. What do people always try to do when they're selling you something? They're pitching in all the features and benefits on this and on that. My product does this and my service does this and it does this and it does this and it does this. And they're spewing all the features and benefits. Yep. I'd say, have you ever paid more for something because you were working with someone that you actually liked? Yes. We all have. Okay. We all have, right? We've paid more for shit that we knew we can get cheaper someplace else because of the person that we like dealing with, right? Yeah. But here's the reality of sales. I teach people to tell them all the bad shit. Mm -hmm. tell, them all, tell them what the product or service won't do. Okay? Exactly. Here's what it won't do. It doesn't do this and it doesn't do that to where they're going, well, what does it do? Right? <laughs> well, I'm getting them engaged because here's what people aren't doing these days. They're not talking about what a product or service won't do. Like, you know, there's these guys at Apex or door to door guys. And I tell them all the time, like people are trying to, they'll go up and they'll inspect these roofs. They'll come back down and they'll try to close somebody because they're trying to, they're trying to sell the roof. Right. And they, if they find damage, they can get a deal. So I tell them this, they're like, ah, ah, and they come back down and they're like, trying to talk people into buying shit when there's nothing wrong. Right. And I'm like, don't do that. So what have we done? What we do is we take good people, teach them the art of sales and being honest and integrity based because no one expects it anymore. No one expects it. They expect salespeople to be liars. Okay. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what most of salespeople are. So when I created the title, Make Sales Great Again, I'm truly making sales. I am fortunate enough to work with several companies that, that want people to be better humans, but do the right thing. And I tell them, I give them like this precursor before I come and listen, here's the deal. Okay. This is, this is the cost. And I'm going to call you guys out. If you're doing anything unethical or integrity, you're not. So if you're doing anything remotely wrong, don't bring me. Cause I'll yes. tell the world, <laughs> my name won't be attached to anything that is negligent, that treats people wrong. That's not integrity based. If you're lying to somebody, let me tell you something. You, we will not be a part of this. You can be, you can go out and sell, you know, uh, $50,000 worth of your, your, your coaching tomorrow. And if you lie to people about how to better their lives and shame on, you're a thief. You're not, you're yeah. not in sales. Okay. You're not exactly. a professional salesperson. So what I tell people all the time is that Dude, you got to be honest. These days, people don't expect it. So if you start with the bad, right? You start with like, hey, listen, you know, my name's Todd. I'm doing, I'm selling this. But here's <laughs> the truth. Uh, it, it doesn't really do all this to where people like engage. They're like, they're not used to hearing that because all they're right. hearing is the bullshit. Like in, in timeshare, when you used to go up and we shake somebody's hand, they pay. Usually we had to talk people in to taking a tour with us, Mark. We had to pay them like. Please, for the love of God, you know we're going to try to sell you. So here's $300. Sit with these idiots for an hour. And somebody says, well, dude, how do you approach people that were talked in to taking a timeshare presentation? I said, it's simple. Here's how I train all the timeshare resorts that I've trained at. I said, I go up to them and I say this. Hey, I don't say, hi, my name's Todd Special. I'm a vacation counselor. Don't worry. It's not sales. I'm just here to show you mm -hmm. the property. You know, people know you're lying, okay? Yeah, they're they fucking red, their, their red alert goes up. Dude, and you're already starting on, on dishonesty, which is horrible, right? Yeah. So instead of going like this, 
Hey, Chris, how you doing? My name's Todd Special. Uh, I know that this is probably the last place you want to be. They most likely gave you something to be here, right, Chris? Okay, cool. So here's the cool thing, Chris. Uh, Yeah, so here's the thing, Chris. I know you don't want to be here, and you know that I know that I'm going to try to sell you something, right? Right. Go ahead and answer. Okay, so when I try to sell you timeshare, I know that you're going to tell me what, Chris? That I don't want it. What are you going to tell me? There you don't want it, right? So now that we got the hard part out of the way, here's what I'm going to ask you, okay? Let's just keep it in mind, because I know you don't want to buy anything. I know this is the last place you want to be, and you know that I'm in sales, and I'm going to try to sell you what, Chris? Timeshare, right? So here's what I'm asking. Presentations now. Do me a favor. I'll have you in and out of your 30 minutes. Keep an open mind. If anything, anything at all becomes interesting, fine, we'll talk about it. If it doesn't, tell me you don't want anything. We'll get you in and out of here in 30 minutes rather than an hour. How's that sign to you? Perfect. Thank you. Good. So here's what I need you to do. Be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. Because the worst thing you can do is have a closed mind if I could possibly save you money. Now, if I can save you money, great. If I can't, no big deal. We'll call it a day. Sound good, Chris? Sounds good. Good. I'm glad we got that all the way. Boom. We go upstairs. We pitch. And and let me tell you something. The the wall comes down because they don't expect it, dude. Exactly. See, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're door to door. Oh, I'm not in sales. I don't get anything. From... Yes, you do. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be knocking doors if you weren't trying to make money, dude. If you're at a car lot. Oh, listen, I'm just helping somebody out today. I'm not that. There's so I train car dealerships. These guys have the worst pitches in the world. I'm like, <laughs> dude, just be honest. I want to sell 50 cars today. I, I, I hope that you are 50. Buy 50 from me. I'm so excited to take your money. Be honest with them. They'll right. start cracking up. Like, but but salespeople don't do that, man. These days, there's so many liars training people. There's so many horrible sales trainers training people to they say there's a gray area. Dude, no, there's not. Be <laughs> the honest, dude. Don't try to be uh, the gray. Bullshit. Try to be the honest. Try to be the person yeah. that they don't expect. That's how you sell with honesty and integrity. If what you're offering doesn't serve them in any capacity, tell them because they don't expect it. Because here's what happens. When you tell them that it won't serve them, this, listen, my product isn't for you. I'm so grateful for your time, Chris. Thank you so, so much. I know most people try to force this product or service on you. Chris, I'm not going to do that. All I'm asking for is now you can see that the sale's done. This move, by the way, if you've got paper in front of you, you moved over. Sale's done, Chris. We're done. Here's what I'm asking. If you know anybody else, because I think I've served you, I haven't tried to force anything on you, right, Chris? This is who I'm an honest guy. If you know anybody else that think they might be interested in something like this, do you mind you know, telling me about it? Head down, first name, Bill. Right, start pulling referrals from them. That one deal that you didn't get can net you 10 deals. But mm-hmm. people try so hard to lie to get that one deal that they can't get the 10 deals that they would have got had they just been honest. Yes. So that's the biggest part with sales, man. You, you, Integrity and honesty, that's what it's all about. And people that close a big amounts of sales that are lying to people making all this money, dude, you're a thief. You're not in sales. Dude, priceless, priceless, priceless information right here, brother. My wife's in sales and I, I told her, I said, and I was in operations when I was in corporate and I was like, the reason why you're so successful is because you're you're genuine. You're genuine. You want to know what their pain point is. You want to solve for their pain point. You're not going to bullshit them. You don't lie to them. You say, hey, listen, that's pretty fucked up. I would have, if I was in your situation, I would feel the same way. So let me see what I can do about that. So it's so spot on. And um, Seprock uh, Jr. says, this is fire, Todd. You do an amazing job at making seals. Great again. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Blake says thank here, you. he goes, we need those clap hands down here, Chris. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. Austin says, he goes, you have to sell yourself and not the product. Absolutely. Amen. I appreciate that. Um, So, so true. So true. Michael says up here, he goes, yep. Be the authentic presenter. I tell people if it's not illegal, immoral or unethical, then it's game on. But to your point, the other thing they're going to do is they're going to go back and they're like, oh my God, you never believe this. I went to a timeshare and people are going to be like, oh my God, you know, fucking timeshare. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. This guy did. He was up for, who's this guy? Where is he at? What? 
Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden you, you well, like you need credibility immediately. Dude, it's in anything. And see, here's the big yeah. thing about credibility. Like, you know, right now, again, for those of you watching that looks at a guy like this, yes, I teach CEOs of major companies how to run their companies, right? And I always tell people there's two reasons how you can scale a company. There's two things you need. You need culture, you need opportunity, both at the same time. Well, they run congruent, okay? Then you're yeah. then it's it's a win-win. The titles are bullshit. All the people that I have the luxury of working with, not for, okay, those people, I want I want to make them feel as if they work with me, not for me. I've said, been saying that for years and I'm going to live by that. But the truth is this, as you scale, as you get bigger, as the title gets bigger, you serve more people. See, I, I, I may have a title, but, and there's all these people, they, I hate when people say these people that are below me or in my house, nobody's no. below you, okay? I, I hate to be calling boss, I hated that. They're, yeah, they're in our hierarchy. But the truth is, people think when you get promoted that you do less work. That's the problem, dude. Okay, three planes, two different, three different cities, two planes today. It's it's fucking eleven o'clock, right? And 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 I'm actually in Central. It's ten o'clock now because I'm in Birmingham now. I was just in Pensacola. Like I've been all over the place. So now I'm here and I'm on here. And people always say to me, you know, you don't have like when do you find the time to sleep? Well, here's the thing. Chris. Okay. I have people that expect me to be the best version of me every day as a leader. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let them down that. Okay. And, and, and when I, when my company or my people, or there's people that I have the luxury of working with, if they fail, that's my fault. That's my fault. But leaders don't take accountability for that. And when you're talking about sales leadership and how to train leaders and how to build sales, there's so many people that are so ego-based. And I always tell people, there's at one point in your life, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a true leader, okay, the spotlight isn't on you anymore. Okay. You want to go from being the number one salesperson that you love getting the awards and the pats on the back and you love getting all that crap to being the person who loves helping other people get the awards, get the pat on the back and being number one. I want everybody that I come in touch with when I teach sales and leadership and I'm, and I'm writing my sales book, which is 70,000 words in not even halfway done yet. It's going to compete with every one of the top books on the planet. Mark my words. I'm not saying it because it's my book. I've done years worth of research. And then I'm going to start writing my leadership book, which is going to blow the world. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be amazing because I feel like there's so much lack of leadership that it affects sales. It affects companies and efficiencies because oh, yeah. egos get in the way. There are yep. too many CEOs that don't want to listen to the person that started one day later because they can see shit that you're blind to see because you don't just want to believe there's things that are wrong. So companies run at a massively inefficient level because they're not willing to shut up and listen. That's the biggest problem. So when it comes to sales, I tell people all the time, tell them the shit that they don't expect. Be the person that they don't expect. Be the person, be opposite of what society is these days. Because if you're the same person, they're going to be a guy. I've heard that shit before. Yeah. I've heard it before. Instead, be different. Like Austin said, sell yourself. But most importantly, okay, be as integrity-based and honest as you can. And when you're building sales organizations, because I get asked this question all the time, how do you, be, dude, the other day, so I, get, I get these messages all the time. Everything you touch turns to gold. No, no, it does not. Okay. <laughs> it, I just, I worked your fucking ass. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I worked with other people. I empowered them to be more. I empowered them to be leaders. I changed their mindset, their habits, their culture on a daily basis. And I put them in an environment where they don't want to leave. I put them in an environment where they know they're going to get better if they stick to their guns and they just shoot themselves straight. If they're honest with themselves, I say all the time, you can lie to me about your success and the actions you take all day long. Like, I don't know what your morning routine is, Chris. You can tell me right now. I don't know that. I don't sit there and watch you do your shit every day. You can right. lie to me all you want. The person you can't lie to is yourself. So when you get up in the morning every day and you look in the mirror and you're like, dude, I didn't give 100%, be honest with yourself and then ask yourself why. 
And exactly. it's Donaldo Agado's, you know, gratitude book. And I'll say this because I'm sorry it's going long. You got me heated. Oh, no, so no, no. It's not. I, it's I, this is fire. Listen, I, I had, uh, I was telling the team today that I write my gratitudes down. Donaldo Agado's my mentor. One day I called her and I was complaining. I was like, had the shittiest day ever, worst day ever. I don't know. I'm complaining, complaining. She goes, you done? I go, yeah. She goes, did you write gratitudes? I was like, Donaldo, listen, I know the gratitude thing. Listen, just quit, quit the bullshit. I'm trying to talk to you. You're my mentor. I'm paying you. Like, you're going to listen. I'm like, I'm paying. Right? Like, 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 she's, like, she's like, no, no. Are you done yet? She, yeah. She goes, did you write your gratitude? I said, no, enough of the gratitudes. I, I had a bad day. I want to talk to you about it. She goes, okay. She goes, go get your gratitude book out. Now I'm getting pissed. Right. And I'm just like, Danelle, <laughs> I don't like, okay, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a child. Okay. Like, she's like, I'm not talking to you like a child. You asked me to mentor. You paid me to mentor you. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to do what I asked you to do and just trust me. I said, okay, go get my gratitude book. I was like, okay, Danelle, I got to write 10 gratitude. She goes, no, no, you're going to write 100. And I go, oh, put you on blast. Goes, yeah. And she goes, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it on just that one page, the front side, like you write in and find space. It took me two hours to write 100 gratitudes. And then when I got done, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed the whole time, right? I'm like, I, 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 I'm thankful for my tattoos. I'm thankful for fucking headphones, right? I'm like, all this right. shit that I'm thankful for. And, and it took me two hours to, to think of 100 things that I was grateful for. Then I get done. I call Danelle back and I say, hey, Danelle, I'm done. Okay, so I wrote to Hunter down. So let's, you know, okay, good. You're great. You got my mindset. I know I get all these things I'm grateful. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, now I want you to read every one of them and tell me why you're grateful for each. (laughs) So, Chris, let me ask you a question. Do you think I ever called Danelle ever again complaining about shit? No. (laughs) I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. I love that. Dude, it's crazy. My She trained me to just be thankful for the good in my life, dude. When my dad passed, it's always like things happen. And it's so crazy to me that we all have such extraordinary lives that we take for granted that yeah. when one bad thing happens in our life, we think our life is shit. We think yep. it's over. We're like, so oh, my God, woe is me. Oh, my God, I stubbed my toe. Um, it must be one of those days. Do me a favor. Fuck off, okay? Yeah. You got a roof over your head. You got clothes on your back. You got family that love you. Someone's always got your back. Be thankful that you have people in your lives and stay straight. Yeah. Dude, dude, I knew this was going to be fire. I'm glad the echo's gone so I can concentrate better. Thank you for being here. I got one last, I got one last question for you because I, I know I can sit here and talk to you all night because we have such like minds. And I, that's honestly, that's the way I start my day. Before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. And usually there's a few of the same things and I always come up with something new. And then before my eyes open, I say what my intentions are for the day. And that for me, yeah, that works. And then if I'm going through the day and I find myself having a, a pity party or something like that, I just immediately go into gratitude and I'm like, Fucking like that's what I was saying at the beginning of the show about the guys and, and the people in Haiti. You know, they have absolutely nothing and they're still happy about it. They're just they're just like happy with a plastic bottle. And so you're right, we take so many things for granted. But my last question for you, because you've brought this up a few times, and I'm interested in what your answer is. Questions are powerful, right? And I I coach my clients on this. Like you ask yourself the powerful question, you answer yourself honestly, shit can change like right now. What are some questions that you either ask yourself or you ask your clients to get them to, to change their shit right now? Yeah. So number one thing is, do you really believe you're giving every piece of what you have to become everything you want to be? Okay? There it is. That's a question that I feel like, you know, people think, ah, it's all motivational. So then I'm like, dude, let's stop fucking playing games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're, you're asking me to help you. Okay. So, so I'm asking you a very serious question that I want you just to take all the self-help bullshit that you think this is and just answer it authentically. Okay. And I want you to write it down. Okay. Number one, and I don't want you to type it. I want you to fucking write it with a pencil. When you write it down, I'm sure you know this neurologically. It stays yep. with you. You feel it more, right? So I'm telling people, I'm like, dude, 
you gotta you gotta know okay why you're not succeeding the first step comes from acknowledging it like and again chris like re, you know we talk about people like recovering addicts and all the stuff that you and i know probably a lot about right talk about people the first step they always say is what admitting it right so yeah. what you got to do when you're self-help is say do you really believe you're given everything you have to become the person you want to be because here's the problem that most people think is is there we the odds are chris our odds in waking up tomorrow are in our favor the difference between me and most everybody else is I live as if they're not in my favor. Right. Like I live every day, bro. I shit you not as if I might not wake up tomorrow. I'm sending emails at midnight. I'm texting people back at, at one o'clock in the morning. My wife's looking at me and like, dude, do you ever sleep? Like I wake up every two hours because it's a problem. I, I admit it, but because my mind's going like this, because yeah. of all the people I need to serve, because all the people I need to help. I don't want to let people down. Most importantly, I don't want my kids to grow up the way I did financially, right? But yeah. So that's the first thing. Be honest with yourself. Are you given everything that you know you have to give to become the person that you want to be? And it, all of us, every single one of us should say no every time because you're just you're not if if you feel like you're giving it all you have that extra layer you've got the extra step someone's got to pull it out of you and i tell people in goal setting you set goals you need to set a goal that's not like crazy i want to make a million dollars tomorrow right like no i you know you got your 30 and i'm a 30 90 120 guy right i'm not a five-year guy like you gotta have a five-year plan that's just not me i think it's too far out you're not even gonna know who the fuck you are two years from now so you know i, I like to do like short-term attainable goals and then when you've reached them consistently for 30 60 90 days then you can up the goal and push yourself to be more right so but you've got to know that it's possible and you've got to have consistency to get there and once you're consistent it's like the old theory you know when i was growing up my mom never made more than $400 a week working at Dillard's in the Long Home Department. Okay. We live in a very humble beginnings. I always say my parents are rich in love. They did, they were horrible at finance, right? <laughs> so my mom, $400 a week, we look at it, $1,600 a month. I mean, you do the math, she's making 20 grand a year, right? So, yeah. and my dad was sick, wasn't working, he was depressed. And I, both my parents were antidepressants when I was growing up. So I remember thinking back, it's like, man, I'd love to make 50 grand a year. That's double what my mom made. And then I made 50 grand a year really young. And I was like, damn, I'd love to make 100 grand a year, make 100 grand a year. Chris, this isn't, it has zero to do with, with the money that I make. Okay. Now I'm being, being cocky, right? Like if someone told me that I had an opportunity to make a hundred grand a year, I would say, I, did you say a month or a year? <laughs> because a hundred grand a year isn't even a thought in my mind. Like to me, I don't know how people live off a hundred grand a year, right? That that's my thing because that's, that's how I've trained my mind to believe it. A hundred grand a year is great income. And that's, that could change a lot of people's lives. But my mindset is trained differently. When I reach when like, here's it. When I wrote, we reached seven, when I, it, the first year I made seven figures, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm making a million dollars. Right. And all of a sudden I go, wait, how do I make two then? Right. <laughs> how do I make now I'm constantly reaching, but you have to have attainable goals to prove yourself that you can get there. Because if I said a million dollars and it took me a decade to get there, I might be burned out. Right. But I started out with small attainable goals and that's it. So I, I tie in that to, are you given everything that you want to be to become the person you want to be? And the last thing you want, the second major question is why do you get up and do what you do every day? Like, what is your why? I was telling yeah. my team today about a sales meeting I have, I had about a decade ago with a bunch of the top sales managers, salespeople I've ever met. These guys are closers, they're badasses, right? And there's 20 of them sitting around a table and there's, you know, mostly men, some women, and uh, I asked them, we had, they had a bad day in sales. I pulled, pulled up sales and moved to the side. I said, look, we're not talking about anything about the numbers today. We all know we had a bad day. Forget all that, okay? 
I want each of you to get personal with me and tell me the reason why you get up every day and what your why is. Like, why do you do what you do? I want to get to know you personally. Get real. And if I don't think it's real, I'm going to stay on you. And I don't care if this fucking meeting takes four hours. Okay. So you so tell me why you do what you do. I shit you not, Chris. Here we are like a decade later. I still get phone calls. A lot of those guys are running massively hundreds of million dollars of companies. They're running, they're, they're running huge organizations. And they call me and they say, I'll never forget that meeting because we had grown men and women bawling their eyes out that don't cry. Okay. Why? Because they finally got a chance to open up and talk about what drives them because most yeah. people in most companies don't care to hear it. Mm-hmm. But they needed somebody to listen to them. They need to get it out. So once you know what you're capable of. And once you believe that you're given everything you have to become all that you can, you got to tie it into now. Why am I doing it? Why, why am I mm-hmm. doing it? it? Can it be the haters in the world? Sure. Can, can it be because I have kids that don't want a life that I have? Sure. Can, could it be because you just don't want to be broke? Something that simple. Sure. Can whatever drives you, you need to know that you need to constantly, it, it needs to be embedded into your brain. For me, it's watching my dad die and saying to myself, I want to be like him in every aspect except except finance wise. So when people say you're, I, how do you, dude? I'm never not going to have money. I could lose everything today and tomorrow. I'll figure out a way, give me a way to make a million bucks this year without question. I could lose it all. I don't care. I could lose every dollar, not have a dollar of money. I'll figure out a way because that's how I'm mentally programmed. I, I don't believe that things aren't possible. I can do anything. I say I'm bad at tech. I'm bad at Excel, but dude, I'll be a fucking Excel spreadsheet guy tomorrow. I'll learn that shit. <laughs> If someone paid me a million dollars to, but that's how your mind has to be wired. Dude, dude, what you're talking about for me, I just, I just did this with a coaching client, a perspective coaching client the other day. And they were talking about, they said, so what is it to work with you? So I told him the figure and like, oh my God, that's so much money. And I said, well, tell me, I said, what kind of, what kind of price would help you in your life and, and make everything all better? And he's like $10,000. And I said, okay. I said, $10,000. I said, I'm going to go to a dark place. I said, tell me the most important person in your life. He said, it's my daughter. And I said, what's her name? He says, Emily. And I said, I'm going to go dark for a second, buddy. I said, so if I tell you right now to go out there and make $10,000 in the next seven days, it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical. I said, can you do it? He's like, well, fuck, Chris. If I did that, I wouldn't need you as my coach. And I said, okay. So I'm going to go dark for a second. I said, Emily, right? And he goes, yes. Emily, four? How old is she? Four? Okay, four. I said, so you walk into your house tomorrow. And I said, somebody's got a gun to Emily's head and says, hey, pal you need to come up with $10,000 by next uh, a week from today. And it can't be illegal or moral unethical, or I'm going to blow her brains out. I said, do you find $10,000? He's like, well, yeah, I would have to. And I said, okay, you're going to be resourceful. I said, cause you're going to take all the blockages and all the excuses and all the bullshit that you filled in your brain that you can't do it. You're going to go out there and stand on the fucking street corner. You're going to get your lawnmower. You're going to go do it. You're going to sell the, one of the fucking TVs in your house. You're going to sell your thousand dollar phone that you don't need. I have like a, I have an iPhone 10. I'm, don't give a shit. I said, you're going to do it. I said, because there's leverage involved because like to your point Todd, you have a big enough. Why that's the problem with people is they sit there and they give themselves that excuse. That's why I asked you about the best earlier. I was like, they sit there and, and I did this for myself. I one day, I sat there and I was putting my keys up on my dresser and I said, well, I did the best I could. And as my own coach, I sit there and I think the fuck bullshit is that? Did you really do your best, Chris? Or could you have done better? I could have, I could have totally done better. Okay. So let's clarify that. So if we sit there and we have that leverage in our life and we're able to take those actions, those then, and then get rid of the fear of judgment, the fear of failure and the fear of life, And we just go out there and fucking do it and figure it out and get resourceful. It's amazing what it is that we can do and what we can, we can attract in our lives. So I appreciate it's cost versus that. value, right? Yeah. It's cost versus value. It's like, what am I going to get out of it? If I do this, that that's what it comes down to. Like yeah. the people that question cost 
you know, they don't see the value. And that that's your, that's again, that's sales in general. So negotiate is what it is, but that's a great analogy to use. And I always tell people that like, you know, people that are late and they're not, they're unpunctual. Like I said, look, man, just be here at 11 o'clock, please. It's when the sales meeting is, let's get together. Right. They walk in, it's 1105, it's 1110, it's 1120. But I said, okay, if I told you to be here at 1059 on the dot to hand you a bag full of $5 million, would you be late? He said, no, it's cost versus value, right? Yep. So some people don't see the value of things that they need to do, but that's inherently how they've been programmed. It's usually by how they were raised, right? The people they've surrounded themselves with. And eventually you got to pull people out of that shell and be like, listen, dude, you're, you're talking to a coach right now because obviously there's something in you that believes that you need guidance, right? I'm the one that's going to help you give the guidance. Now you could say that I'm not worth the money and that's okay. But here's what I will tell you. I have I have courses that I've literally can log in that I've given people for free, Chris. And I have I can see how much they've completed in the course. I see what read in the course, et cetera. Right. These are three, four thousand dollar courses, not even that expensive. Right. And so I sit there and I go, OK, I know you need it. I want to be the person to help somebody. So I'm going to give it to you for free. And I would look at 99% of those people mm -hmm. I gave free, free, they wouldn't finish the Didn't first 10%. Didn't do it. And there was three or four thousand dollars later that people spent. They're going to get their fucking values worth, right? So yeah. what do they do? They finish that thing to the T. They're asking questions. They're involved because they paid for it. Yeah. I don't pay for a mentor or a coach for nothing. I need accountability just like anybody else. People are like, oh, Todd just doesn't know. No, I had bad days just like you. I got yeah. shit happening in my life. I just, I just refuse to be the woe is me guy. I'm not going to let my heart define me as a human being i'm gonna let it allow me to rise and to me that's what people miss man so it, it's really good man cost and value isn't just sales it's it's life-based dude it's life you got to yeah. see the value in the moves that you make and if you don't see the value in them you're never going to love what you do you're never going to be extraordinary what you do you're just going to be complacent and complacency kills man dude Brilliant conversation. I know you're tired. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can they continue the conversation with you? Because I know this is this is brilliant. So thank you for being here. Where can they get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah. So, I mean, I've got my website, personal website, toddspecial.com. Uh, I have also got msgaconsulting.com. That's my business where we go into, we do deep dives in companies and do efficiency and all that stuff. We help. I don't do a lot of personal coaching anymore because I don't have time for it, but we do business coaching uh, at msgaconsulting.com. Then we've got gut check uncut. Dot com. That's where you can go see episodes of our podcast. And we're out 24 episodes. Trust me, I tell you, they're absolute fire. You got to listen to the contents there. Yes, I cuss too much. And I'm changing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be all the drinking game me. to that. Uh, yeah. But the uh, the next uh, episodes we're planning on trying to get out like November-ish, somewhere around there. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys, man, I've got my book out there that's audio book right now. I'm going to tell you something. This book, it's like, I think it's like $8 or 6 I just reduced the price because I want people to basically have it for free and you can't give it away on there. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, when I wrote my book was when my dad passed away. There's each chapter is a different word. It's it's like heart and it's integrity and it's satisfaction and drive and determination. It's not the Webster dictionary. It's how those words were defined in my life. Okay, so if you go to like uh, the the iBook store on the on your Apple phone, you just type in my name. You can go to the audiobook and get it. You can go to Amazon.com. All my social media stuff is at Todd Special. Uh, you know, and you guys can find me there. I'm mainly on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not. 
a TikTok guy yet. I'll mm-hmm. throw some shit out there, but I'm not into all that yet. But you guys can follow me. You have a conversation with me. Sometimes my media team catches messages. Sometimes I'll be on. I literally post my shit and get off. But if I do catch your message while I'm online, guys, I will respond. I want to live by that and make sure that I'm available for people when you need me. But I'm always up for good conversation. And I appreciate you having me on, Chris. Sincerely, man. Dude, dude. Round of applause for Mr. Todd. Special. I'm going to put you backstage, brother. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to end out the show. And then I just want to chat with you for a second. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, an hour and 22 minutes, a um, little bit overdue, a little bit over for what we normally do. So thank you guys for hanging in here, whether you're live or on the replay. And again, I just want to reiterate the conversation tonight. Be who you are. That's what I teach you guys. We talk about it. Fly your freak flag. Be exactly who you are. Sharing the story about Mr. Les Brown and literally him taking me out in the Sheridan Gateway Hotel in the lobby. I still remember it. There was the staircase and there was a lamp and there was a plant. He's like, Chris, I could put you on stages. I'm like, Les, I just got to be me. And the God's honest truth, some people dig me, some people don't. It's okay. I wish them well. It's not a big deal. Go find the person that you want to be. But just get real with yourself. Just get real and raw with yourself. Figure out what it is that your why is. Todd was just explaining it so beautifully. And the fact that when we get leverage in our life and we call bullshit on our excuses, um, it's amazing. That's why I'm the no excuses coach. My coach, the great Sally Anderson asked me, she goes, Chris, what makes you different from all the other coaches out there? What got you to this point? And I said, number one, I didn't have any excuses for myself. And number two, I'm completely unstoppable. And for those of you guys who have followed me for any length of time, you guys know that my social media always says hashtag unstoppable. People ask me like, what does that mean? Chris? I'm like, when I have a big enough why in my mind, there's nothing that's going to stop me. I'm going to go fail my way to success. I'm going to look at every mistake as an opportunity because mistakes, if you learn from them, go make more. We got to shift our perspective, ladies and gentlemen. We got to shift to what it is that we're focusing on, the reticular activation system in our brain. If I sit there and tell you in your room right now, look around and tell me everything that's blue, you're going to be like, that's blue, that's blue, that's blue, that's blue, that's blue, that's blue. And I'm like, okay, what was green? You're like, fuck, Chris, you asked me to look with blue. That's the same thing that's going on in life. If you're looking at what's going to go wrong, if you wake up, like Todd said, if you stub your toe and you're like, oh, fuck, it's going to be a bad day, guess what? You're going to find every reason in the world why it's a bad day. And then you're going to go tell everybody else why it's a bad day. And then you're going to, people are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with Chris? Why is he coming around complaining about shit? I don't want to be around him. And then Chris is going to be like, wow, why doesn't anybody want to be around me? I told you it was going to be a bad day. And it's going to fulfill that vicious cycle until you break out of it. Until you, ladies and gentlemen, stop playing the someday game. Someday when this happens and someday when this happens and someday when that happens, then I'll be happy. Then I'll do this. Ladies and gentlemen, life is to be lived right now. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. We're all getting older. And the thing about life is, and you, if you're following my social media as well, hashtag no regrets all the time. No regrets. There's a book out there, The Five Regrets of the Dying, that was written by a hospice nurse. And she identified through all of her conversations of people that are dying, the number one regret in life was that people didn't live the life they wanted to live. They lived the life they thought they were supposed to live. They lived because everybody else wanted them to do this and that. They did not take the opportunity to stand up for themselves and have the confidence and have the courage to say, listen, no, this is my life. It's your life, ladies and gentlemen. If you're doing shit that you don't want to do, then stop doing it. Oh, but Chris, who's going to make the lunches? I had somebody tell me this last week. I have to make the lunches. I have to clean the house. I have to do the laundry. I have to, the fuck you do? I said, guess what? If you die tomorrow, you got hit by a bus. The classic example of hit my bus. Who's going to do it? Stop tolerating the shit that you are putting up with and get resourceful with yourself and go out there and challenge yourself to do your best to find the discipline. 
You guys have heard me talk about 75 hard. I've done it twice. Go Google 75 hard. If you don't know what it is, go out there and do it. That's one way of calling bullshit on yourself. You go out there and you start doing the things that you didn't think you could do. Oh, I'm not a morning person. Fuck you. I've like to Todd's point. If I told you to get up at five o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna give you $500 million. You're going to get up at five o'clock in the morning. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And that's what Todd and I have been talking about tonight. So go back and listen to this again. I hope you took notes. Take three action items from this conversation. We've been going for a while. I know there's three action items on here. Apply them in your life every single day. Wake up with that intention. Wake up with gratitude and execute on those things. Don't worry about the judgment of failure and everything else. Identify the fact that if you don't succeed the first time, say, thank you, God. That's what I wasn't supposed to do. Thank you, God. That wasn't what I was supposed to do. And keep on going and do it your way and fly your freak fly, get around the right people. Another thing you could do is take a piece of paper out. Super simple. You can do it in 10 minutes, write down the five people you hang around the most and write down next to them, positive or negative. Do they tell you to go out there and do the stupid shit that you want to do and the crazy shit you want to do? And I don't say that, you know, sarcastically, like, do they, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. I had people tell me I shouldn't do a show called Ron and scripted. I'm like, fuck off. I'm going to go do it because that's who I am. So you got to go do those things. But those people on your list that are negative, wish them well. You don't need to get them out of your life completely, but get the right people in your life. You need a team, somebody you trust, somebody who empowers you, somebody who holds you accountable and somebody who's your mentor and they cannot be the same person. It blows my mind all the time when people say, I'm like, Who do, who's your mentor in your life? Who's this? I'm like, oh, well, I have one person. I'm like, what fucking happens to that person gets to buy a bus? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Have a team, have a team. It's so massively important. So that's my that's my thoughts for today. I appreciate you guys. Put in the comments whether you're wa- you're watching live or on the replay. What value you got out of this conversation? And again, again, going back to what I said before, is go to help heal humanity. You got value out of this conversation. Go do what you can to support this organization. I'm super passionate about it. We appreciate you guys being here. We're going to be back here next. Tuesday night, think about all the different podcasts I do. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time with another guest, another raw and unscripted conversation. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Go out there and be brilliant. If there's anything I can do to support you, please reach out to me, the No Excuses Coach. You can Google it, hashtag No Excuses Coach. You can find me everywhere. I appreciate you. I love you. Go out there, be brilliant, and we'll see you next time on the Raw and Unscripted Show. <laughs>